It is another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron and I love talking about finance. Started doing this show back in 2019, and we try to give you a, a fundamental education in investing, economics, financial literacy, as, as we like to call it. Annuities is an area, Ron, that uh, I can remember back, you know, because we are a little longer in the tooth than some. We were here in the 80s. I had a relative who I remember bought an annuity. He'd sold his farm, and he had a, a chunk of money, and he put a half a million dollars into an annuity that paid 19%. <laughs> so he was making $95,000 a year off this thing. Now, that that hasn't happened for a long time. Those, those kind of interest rates we haven't seen. But with inflation where it is and rates going up, are people taking a look at annuities now? I, I know this came from a listener, right? Yeah, and, and a listener asked a question, and they've had a portfolio manager uh, who keeps bringing up the topic of buying annuities, and they've resisted it. And with interest rates uh, expected to increase even more, uh, they sent us a letter saying that they'd like uh, three or four key deciding points for a retired couple uh, to help them determine, A, when they should buy, uh, the maximum percentage of their nest egg they should use, and a good rule of thumb uh, when deciding what monthly income to pick. Or they said, provide your own framework on how to approach an annuity purchase. So we're doing exactly that today, Gord. We're going to go through and take a look at annuities, the different types of them, some of the things that you should look at, some of their specialized uses, and uh, just come up with a good framework for you on this entire topic. So what exactly are they? Structures and types of annuities. They, they're sold usually by insurance companies, correct? They are sold by insurance companies. And annuities are contracts that are sold by these insurance companies that promise the buyer a future payout in regular installments, usually monthly, and often for life. And if an annuity buyer is married, they can choose an annuity that will continue to pay income to their spouse should they pass away first. And within that broad definition, there are different types of annuities that are designed for, for different purposes. So uh, there are some things that you need to, to know before you just dive in and pick one. Okay, a fixed annuity. Explain. This, well, this guarantees payment of a set amount for a term, for the term of the agreement. And uh, it usually can't go up or down. It's fixed. And it usually restricts its portfolio to government and corporate bonds for safety. To provide a fixed return, you need something that has a high probability that it's going to pay out consistently over the life of the contract. And because fixed annuities can lose buying power to inflation, that's one of the risks, it's possible to purchase annuities that have an inflation adjustment feature built into the contract, but they'll cost you a little more. So with a fixed annuity, the pros are the safety. The cons are that you're not going to get as high returns as you would if the stock market is really doing well. So this, this almost has a kind of a ring of mortgages to it. So we've got a fixed mortgage and a variable mortgage. Do we have variable annuities? We have variable annuities, and their rates fluctuate with returns on the mutual funds they're invested in. So its value can go up or down. Variable annuity payouts can either be fixed or vary along with the account's performance. Uh, the pros are it offers higher return potential. The cons are that you're more exposed to market volatility. 
Okay, and now we have another one, an immediate annuity. <laughs> What's yeah, that? There's, there's an immediate and a deferred. And the best way to describe these is when do you want these things to start? An immediate annuity begins paying out as soon as the buyer makes a lump sum payment to the insurer. And a deferred annuity begins payouts on a future date by the buyer. So a, a deferred annuity, you, you could say, I'd like this to start when I'm 65. I'm 50 today. I'm going to put $1,000 a month into it for 15 years. And whatever I have at that point, uh, I'm not going to maybe put any more into it. And it's going to start paying me back. So a deferred annuity, you actually have time to allow your money to grow. Okay, that sounds a little bit tricky. But uh, is that one? So you put a set amount in over a period of time? That's usually how people do it, is that uh, they'll say, well, I'd like to retire at 65. I'm 50. I'm just going to put um, X amount, whether it's monthly or yearly, or it could even be a one-time lump sum today. And at 65, I'm going to let it grow till then. And then that, at that point, I'm going to switch it over and start taking money out instead of putting money in. So there have to be some considerations here that, that you want to think about, right? Yeah. The first one, I think, is your, your duration. Buyers can arrange for payments for shorter periods. Uh, up to the rest of their life. And a shorter period will usually mean a higher payout, but it also means that uh, your income will stop coming at some point. Most annuities that I've seen are what's called life annuities court. So you put an amount of money in and the insurance company guarantees you, especially with a fixed annuity, guarantees you a fixed rate of return for the rest of your life. And the advantage of this and the disadvantage has to do with life expectancy. If you look at your family and they have lots of long life genes in your genetic pool and you've visited your doctor and the doctor has given you a clean bill of health and said you're healthy as a horse and you're probably going to live to be 140 years old. Well, annuities are based around the, the average person or the average age. And that's why insurance companies, they have actuaries that actually calculate out the average age of the person in the pool that you put your money into. Yeah, I have a and, nephew who's an actuary. <laughs> you want to sit down and start talking to him, you better have a mathematics degree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very technical to figure out when the average person is going to pass away, because that's partly based on the rate and the amount of payments. Because with an annuity, you have to understand, if you buy a life annuity, generally what happens is there's a, if there's a minimum term. So they'll guarantee, for example, to pay you out for the rest of your life. Or if you buy uh, spousal coverage, which is another consideration. So if the annuity buyer is married, they can choose an annuity that pays out for the rest of their life and for the rest of their spouse's life, whichever is longer. But at the end, whenever that is, payments stop. So if, if you bought an annuity and you thought you were gonna, it's going to pay out for 30 years and you live 10 years and two months, well, the annuity would stop payment and the, the balance would stay within the, with the pool. But if you live uh, for 30 years, for example, and the actuaries, uh, for your age group, say you're only going to live for 15, well, you keep getting payments forever as long as you live. So with annuities, 
generally the longer you live, the more payouts you're going to get on the amount you put in. So your rate of return is going to get higher. If you have a short lifespan, your rate of return is going to get lower because frankly, once you pass away, the income stops. If it's before 10 years, they'll keep usually paying for, 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 for that 10 year period. But after that, or, you know, if both of you die, uh, the annuity payments stop. So one of the factors you need to look at is uh, the longevity of you and your spouse. So there's a lot at play here, a lot of a lot of information that one would have to pay attention to. If we're going to make a purchase of these, let's let's list the considerations we have to make. Well, the first one is you have to realize that annuities are generally a high commission product and agents are highly incentivized to try and sell them even when the rates you're getting are peanuts. So frankly, there's an economic impetus for uh, people to sell these products, even when it's not the best time for the client. So if you find somebody aggressively pushing these, realize that often they'll have your best interests ahead of theirs. And I'm not saying by any stretch that you're going to find uh, every person out there is pushing hard, but there's enough people that are pushing hard to get you to buy this product and they're putting their own interests ahead of yours and you have to realize if you get someone aggressively pushing these products it's there's a high commission behind it and that could be part of the motivation so once you put your money in there you, you really can't get it back can you i mean it, it'll pay you back but you can't say hey I, I goofed up here i'd like my money back you can't do that no there are some companies that will buy your annuity off you but you'll take enormous financial haircut if you have to sell. So if you choose the life annuity, you have to think you could live a long time. And so you want to choose, uh, be careful about choosing a, a life annuity. If you expect your life to be short, you're better off getting a, a term annuity if you do that. So, um, you know, you've got to think about the fact that once you put the money in, that's a permanent decision. You can't go back. Uh, after six months and say, man, I made a mistake. I want my money out uh, because it's like concrete. Once it sets, it's very, very hard. Uh, it gets very, very hard. I, di- I, I digress again to my relative that sold the farm. You know, he, he did well when he sold the farm. He had a big chunk of money and the agent he was dealing with was trying to push him into putting it all into one of these things. And he said, no, I don't think so. He was a farmer. He was smart. He said, I'll keep some of this over here and you can have this much to put into an annuity. You wouldn't want to put all your money into one, would you? No, because you have liquidity needs. You might need a new car. You might want to help your grandkids. You might have medical expenses. Of course, we're all going to have taxes. Uh, We need things where uh, if money is coming out in dribs and drabs monthly, you need larger amounts unless you want to go and borrow to buy a car or borrow to help your grandkids. So, you know, Typically, um, you know, it's just been my experience that that you're depending and this really depends on the size of your portfolio, Gord. If you have a small uh, portfolio, then you want to be very careful about annuities. If you have a larger portfolio, the more money you have, the larger percentage that can go into this. But even even so, uh, I'd never recommend putting more than half of your portfolio in this anyways, even if good size for the simple reason that you're going to have a lot of other expenses or maybe other opportunities come along that you'd like to use your money for. Now, as we mentioned, this topic came up because interest rates are rising. And, and we sort of touched on that over the past few weeks that, you know, you look for opportunities. 
So, and you can't, nobody can pick the top of the market on interest rates. Nobody seems to know what's going on there. So why should you try, right? Yeah, in my case, I've always recommended if somebody wants to buy an annuity in a rising interest rate environment, that you buy in smaller blocks of capital. And so you might invest twice, maybe as many as four times. And so if rates are rising, start buying into the rising rate scenario. So buy some, then wait, see where rates go, buy some more, wait till uh, and see where rates are going, you know, maybe every couple months or as the situation dictates. But, um, you know, currently inflation is higher than returns. You're getting a fixed income, but inflation will eventually recede and returns will become positive again. So one of the problems we even buying right now, Gord, is that with inflation at 9%, and you can probably, you know, current rates are four and a half, maybe five, you're going backwards. Well, yeah. You're going backwards, but you know nobody expects inflation if they keep jacking rates up to be high forever. Eventually, inflation's going to go below below the rate of your annuity. So that's what you've got to look at where inflation is going to be down the road. So you have to look ahead. You have to watch rates. You have to watch inflation, and both of them are in factors in making the decision. You talked about if you're married, so you, you want to set your spouse up as well, too, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some couples, frankly, they each have separate silos of uh, of assets. And this is particularly true with people that, have, that are on their second go-round or the third or fourth go-round with their marriage. They have lots of other baggage behind them that they have to take care of. So uh, if they're getting a, an annuity, often the, the beneficiaries are going to be uh, the kids. But if you're married and you you expect to be together forever, uh, then a joint annuity, which will pay out until the uh, last person passes away, uh, they're great because then both of you are protected and the, the income stream just doesn't stop at the death of the person that uh, took out the contract in the first place. We talked about the different types of annuities and, and you sort of hinted that you preferred fixed ones, right? I like the fixed annuities uh, simply because I like the uh, continuity and, and safety of the returns. And when it comes to high dividend paying stocks, like I have uh, BCE, Canadian Utilities, Amera, I have lots of Canadian high dividend uh, paying stocks in my portfolio. And I'd rather own those directly since I never plan to sell them until the very end. It's much cheaper to own them directly than in a mutual fund, which charges higher fees. If I buy a stock and I pay a fee to buy it and I hold it for 20 years and collect the dividends off it, it's much cheaper than owning a mutual fund that charges you 1% to 2% a year. Okay, final point here. Uh, you've got grandkids. You want to take care of them. A lot of people set up trust funds. Is an annuity a better idea than a trust? Well, put it this way. So many people have kids that have problems. Maybe they're drug addicts or, or they've got other types of addictions, or frankly, maybe they're just no good with money, or they're susceptible to uh, pressure sales to buy all kinds of, of investments that, are, that frankly are highly speculative and big chance of losing all their money. For that kind of kid, you can set up a trust and you can put assets in it and have somebody to manage it where the the profits are usually distributed to the kid every year for the rest of their life, or you can just buy an annuity for them. An annuity, the money goes in, the kid is going to get money once a month 
they can't go in and attack the uh, the annuity or get more than what's set paid out. Up. Yeah, yeah, what's set out. So it's it's a way that you can protect your kid from themselves. They're, you're you're helping them. They're going to get a monthly payment for the rest of their life, but they can't get at the principal. And it's a, a very inexpensive way to provide a legacy for kids or grandkids that aren't capable of handling their own funds. So there you go. Annuities. A suggestion from one of you good folks out there that emailed us at letsmakemoney.ca or reached out to us through cfcw.com. We welcome your questions. But as Ron pointed out, sometimes it takes a little time, a few weeks to put the shows together, but we'd be happy to address it if we haven't touched on it in previous editions of Making Money. We're back next week with the financial coach, Ron Hebert. I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll join you then. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.